0: welcome to the sharp side podcast i'm your host Chaz brada and this is a solo run today um unfortunately james had his laptop stolen so he is unable to record uh, at least tonight hopefully we can get him on for the nfl pod tomorrow um so it does suck for him and i do feel kind of bad but um ncaa uh college football week four uh pretty pretty fun weekend of football uh last weekend um some really good games i lost overall but um i i got a text saying that uh there's a uh a big money line dog parlay hit using some of my picks so I was very happy very happy to get that one back um Just to kind of quickly recap, um, this is is just going to be a solo pod, so I'm going to kind of – I'll fly through this a bit, and then um, I'll have James tweet out his uh, five favorite plays um, when he uh, gets the chance. But um, just to kind of recap last week, Bama-Florida was an awesome football game. Um, I think it was pretty interesting seeing how – uh, dominant Florida was on the ground against Alabama, even without Anthony Richardson, which I was a little disappointed, but um still it was good it was good to see I Bam's defense looked uh, almost shocked at how just violently Florida was able to run the ball against them. Um, and it really really opened up the rest of their offense late in the game too. Um, Bright. I'll touch on Heisman odds in a little bit, but Bryce Young being the favorite, look, I get it. It makes sense. He is probably the best player on the be- – he is the best player, most important player on the best team in the country. But it's – the things that he does doesn't really wow me. It's He's not scrambling for a bunch of big plays. He's – it's a bunch of, like, short, just, like, structured passes. And, like, when I compare him against someone like Matt Corral, who – uh, it just looks absolutely electric. It's, uh, it, it's like night and day between, um, who I think should be winning the Heisman, who I don't think should be winning the Heisman. Um, granted Matt has been playing bad defenses and uh, Lane Kiffin's just given him full reign to just run up the score as much as possible. But, um, it's the fact that Bryce young is favored over him or at least when I looked today, he was, um, I think I saw Bryce young plus 175 and Matt Corral plus 200. Um, that just kind of shocked me a bit. And I know, I mean, Bryce young has been incredibly efficient. He hasn't even thrown an interception yet, but, um, it's very interesting. Also, I mean, this is anecdotal and take it for for what you will. I thought Florida got absolutely hosed by refs, by the refs. And, um, the first half Bama went up went up super quick. And honestly, Florida kind of dominated that game. There was like a tiki, there was two ticky-tack pass interference calls that really um kind of like like gift-wrapped Bama uh, three-score lead. And I I I mean it was almost certainly one was on a huge third down, too. That and Bama would have had a punt because it would have been like fourth and eleven or something like that. And um, so I, they do look mortal as uh, that's the main point of this but um moving on uh i I did not get have a uh I did not get the chance to watch much of Auburn Penn State to my understanding what I've kind of picked up just from box score and uh, highlights I watched was quarterbacks were uninspiring but not horrible uh there was a suspect, goal line decision to go for a goal line fade for auburn that just ultimately did not work late in the game but they did have a chance to win um and the defense has played well so kind of what you expected it was a low total game i'm sure the whiteout looks looked absolutely awesome um i'm a little bummed my biggest win total or my second my second biggest win total bet of the year was on penn state under under nine so uh that is off to a very poor start um ASU BYU that game was sweet the the after the pick and the running back just tracked him down and knocked out the fumble was at one of the coolest plays you'll see all year um BYU defense is legit they had Shane Daniels in hell um I thought I mean I called it that game pretty handicapped it pretty well um and honestly I was left feeling somewhat impressed with both teams. ASU defense was making big plays and while they weren't able to move the ball super well, um, uh, they were going up against what I think is pretty legit defense. So um, I think they, and I think that loss could suppress their, their rating a little bit as they, you know, you inch closer to uh, the matchups against the more uh, highly rated teams in the Pac-12. And then finally, this one threw me for a loop. So, Georgia Tech goes, which of course Georgia Tech almost is within four points at half. The the year after, I uh, I bet them to win them um, on money line, so <laughs> or first half money line, anyways. But um, so Georgia Tech goes to Clemson, and as much as I want Georgia Tech to be good, they are not a good football team. The defense is not very good. Um, there's just not a whole lot of talent. And while I think there's a, a pretty good amount of skill talent on the Georgia Tech roster, it's nothing special to re- truly, truly move the needle. Um, it's clear they're still adjusting to a new system and they're still cycling out old recruits. But um, the fact that Clemson was up 7 three and a half, I believe, regardless of, what, of whether it was a horrible weather delay or not, uh, the Clemson offense is in a very, very bad place right now. Um, uh, Uyungle has yet to make his, to truly make his mark on any game this year. And if it wasn't for the Clemson defense being probably a top five defense in the country, this is that like they were that close to being two lost Clemson with a loss at home to Georgia tech and possibly kissing like, January or New Year's Day bowl games goodbye. And so, this week, I I did bet a 10 on NC State, uh, just because I thought it would go down. It actually hasn't moved off the number. Um, I can actually see it going up more. I think I might end up uh, with a bad number come Saturday. but And now they're going to up against a far more talented offensive line. And if they can't if they aren't getting the same amount of stops like they were um, against Georgia Tech and Georgia, then they could be in a lot of trouble. Um, and I am very interested to see how they come out on the road in a hostile environment, um, playing against one of the better teams in their conference. So I think they are very likely to lose that game. That could also be like the underspots of all underspots. Um so that's those are the four games that stuck out in my mind. Um, I I'm very interested to see how um, some teams look, especially uh, Notre. Uh, of course, I'll get to the marquee games. Notre Dame, Wisconsin is definitely interesting. Notre Dame lost the box score against Purdue. Um, another team, USC. I I don't I don't know if. Um, I believe Keen Slovis was practicing this week, which I, I think I could possibly make the argument that Jackson Dart is already better than him, but he is unfortunately hurt. I believe he's out this week. Um, and the other team that I, I want to pay a little attention to is UCLA. Of course, Jake Hayner absolutely went balls to the wall uh, in that game or the win against UCLA. And, uh, this is a pro Tanner McKee podcast. I think that he is what Stanford, the Stanford offense needs to kind of, uh, be productive and, um, you know, be able to move b- move the ball against good teams like UCLA. Um, and so I, I, I'm curious to see if Jake Hayner may have, and the Fresno State offense may have exposed something in the UCLA secondary. I'm, I'm just going to say it now, just cause I'm not going to talk about it later on. Um. Stanford is without all but their second string running back this week. So any injury there, and there could be a little bit of trouble for Stanford moving the ball. Um, that being said, before getting into the marquee matchups, I do want to touch on the Heisman market real quick. Just two bets that I have not yet pulled the trigger on, but I am very interested to see Um. I think we might be. This is the absolute lowest, uh, the lowest price we're going to get, um, and that is Spencer Rattler twelve to one and Sam Howell forty five to one. The case for Rattler is simple. I still believe he's the most talented quarterback in college football right now, and just in terms of raw talent, um, I don't. I don't know if it's like a Lincoln Riley isn't calling the good plays uh, kind of thing yet, and they're waiting for Kansas State, who they play next week, or if it's a um Maybe Sam Rattler is just is not very good in structure, and once he gets kind of outside the pocket, then he like kind of trusts his arm talent to just make every throw he can because it's all it's he has um he has better num- like better efficiency numbers outside of structure than he does within structure, which is a that's a bad sign because that means he would be due for even more negative regression. Well, I would argue that. Oklahoma, it, their offense won't get much worse than what we've seen, and that's really nitpicking because, I mean, like you could argue that they had a bad half against Nebraska, which I don't think their defense is that bad. But I mean, if their offense isn't worse than that, I think they'll be fine for the rest of the season. Um, and so I just think that at twelve to one, which I found that on a local, um. I just think that both these prices are real local. I did not, I have not really price shopped yet. Um, I just, I don't think that, I think, and I do think that he has somewhat of a big marquee game. And I believe it's a prime, it's prime time. It might be the ABC game. I, I forget. I should, probably shouldn't have checked. But um, I, I think if he puts up a seven touchdown performance, he's right back in the thick of it with both Matt Corral and Bryce Young, especially if you start to hear the, Ooh, will he go number one? Will he go number one? Then I think we'll start to really get the rattler hype train rolling. For Sam Howell, I think it is something very completely different. So, I think it's for people. I mean, I would imagine that if you're listening to this podcast or someone who either just listens for bets, in which case I would imagine that you probably you possibly already skip past this or. Um, you're just a college football psycho like myself. Then I think that like we have the understanding that Sam Howell's skill position players are nowhere near what he had last year. Which I still think they have an incredibly high ceiling. And there's it's clear there's still like a uh, a a lot of talent in that group. It's just it is not the floor is not there. And like they they still need a lot more improvement and reps together to kind of like click. And I think at 45-1 to one for a guy who is seen as – I mean, he, him, he himself was seen as number one overall pick candidate. Um, and along with that, he has rank name recognition that AP voters could kind of get behind. I, if he can start putting up big performances like he um, – which Georgia Tech just put up a big game against Clemson, I think that more eyes might be on that game. See if they can knock off, you know, North Carolina and Mac Brown. If he puts up a big game, which he had a big one last week, they put up what felt like sixty points. Um, if he can kind of carry this team to an ACC championship um, and an eleven one record, and then they end up beating Clemson, not only are they in the playoff uh, conversation, which you could de- you could debate whether they will be or not, but I if they do go eleven to one and win, or twelve one, excuse me with a conference championship win, that would be a win over Clemson and, or if Clemson loses this week, NC State, I guess. But it would be a win over, for the sake of this argument, say Clemson and Notre Dame. And and I believe Miami too, but Miami looks like hot garbage. So disregard that. And so I think that that would be enough for the Heisman voters to kind of say, hmm, okay, to at least get him to New York to where you could start thinking about hedging if there is no clear winner. Um, now, all that goes out the window if you've got like a Matt Corral minus 800, which could very well could happen. But I just think there is a lot of value at 45 to 1, especially when he can just start putting up, putting up monster numbers. Um, before I hit the marquee games, make sure to follow at the sharp side pod on Twitter. And download the BetSports app, where we have we are a featured page. Um, our featured page is uh, the SharpSide Pod, and our profile is at the SharpSide Pod as well. Um, just download the app, look it up. You can use it on your laptop too. Uh, whatever, it's a great bet tracking app. Go download today. And then uh, I would like to send it to our sponsor Anchor real quick, just before we start breaking down the uh, games of the weekend. All right. Thank you to Anchor. Thank you to Anchor. Uh, Wisconsin. Notre Dame, um, this line has moved quite a bit. It, it opened at Wisconsin as a pick, and that number is very gone. It's looking like it's trending towards seven. Uh, Wisconsin's lane, six and a half. Notre, Notre Dame is uh, Notre Dame's getting six and a half there, plus they're almost two to one as a money line uh, dog. Total's at 46 and a half. I got to be honest. I don't think this line should be that high. I'm not betting Wisconsin, or I'm not betting Wisconsin, though. Um, I I don't like this Notre Dame team. I don't think they're very good. The, the, they have playmakers on both sides of the ball. But it doesn't fit as a collective unit. And I don't know if it's a defensive cord- coordinator change or what, but like, offenses that are not very good have been able to move the ball on them so far this year. Now. What benefits them here is that Wisconsin's offense is not very good. Um, Graham Mertz has is is not throwing the ball downfield. He is, which Jack Cohn, All credit to him, he is throwing the ball downfield. And um, I I I might walk away with an under just for very very small, just to have a little piece on this game. Um, I'm I, I'm really excited to watch it. I think it'll be a good game, but. Um, it's they're. I believe they're playing in Soldier Field, Um, so it's going to be cold. And that I mean the defenses are. Wisconsin's offense sucks, but their defense is very good. Like Notre Dame's not going to be able to run the ball, and the Wisconsin DBs I think are very underrated this year, which they have one outstanding, outstanding linebacker who could be an All American, but um, <clears throat> but. So, Notre Dame will not be able to move the ball. And they've been, like, losing all of these box scores. And... I I, want no part of the side. If it gets above 7.5, then I'm... Which I doubt it does, just because everyone continues... I feel like the public is very much on Notre Dame, and Wisconsin just continues to take way more money, which is just moving the line way, way farther up. But, um, so no real uh, lean on the side i do i am leaning pr- very close to a like on the under under 46 and a half in this game um, next game texas a&m arkansas text this line has dropped a lot um, i believe it's texas a&m minus 4 right now at some places and uh, this is a neutral site game I should pro, definitely should have looked at all this stuff. It's a neutral site game, that's for sure, and it was supposed to be an Arkansas home game, which is kind of a bummer for them, seeing, seeing as how great of a start they've had. Uh, total's at 47, and the question here is, is um, Zach Calzada good enough to score on what should be a very difficult uh, defense? And it's it, the defense is always confusing people. Um, Barry Odom, I, I believe, is the defensive coordinator, and... Texas A&M has the best pass defense and the best scoring defense in general in the country so far. Now you can make a comment about the teams they're playing, but uh, to just dismiss that would be foolish. There. I mean, the defense is legit, and they have a possible top three overall pick on, uh, on the D-line too, which c- can cause problems in the Arkansas run game and uh, for KJ Jefferson. Um, I think KJ Jefferson is uh, a stud. I, he's very good. The receivers are elite. Running back is elite. Um, Arkansas O line is good, and the, I mean their head coach is a former O line coach. So I mean I kind of come with that expectation. I don't know how efficiently they're going to be able to move the ball, but the, you can make the case that they're not going to have to. They're not going to have to do it that much. This game kind of feels like Iowa, Iowa State to me in the fact that I can see a confusing defense in, in and in a talented defense in Arkansas. Um, kind of making enough plays to where Texas A&M struggles to move the ball with their backup quarterback, and then they do the absolute bare minimum to – which I'll say this right now, Arkansas's offense is far more talented. Um, It's, like, much closer to A&M's defensive level than Iowa's offense to Iowa State's defense. Um, And so I would have a little more confidence in their ability to score um, Arkansas has two players to worry about, um, and that's in their run game. Zach Calzada, he's got the, I mean, we said this last week, he, dude's got the biggest arm ever. Like, it's, I think we compared him to a, a high, it's Josh Allen with a high schooler's accuracy, which so far this year, you can make the case that's just Josh Allen. But and Zach Calzada's not that good. But um, I probably like Jacob Eason's like the better comp, and dude's got weapons around him. And he's got a good, He's got a solid O line, I'll say. But I don't, I, I want no part of this side, no part of this total. I have a very bad read on this game. Um, I bet a bad AM number, and I'm already hating it, and it's moved of, away from me. I think I bet five and a half. And so I'm not looking forward to watching that bet lose. So that I take it for what it's worth. I am on AM, but I do not like it too much. So moving on to a game that, other people might not find it interesting. I do. Um, Iowa State at Baylor. Baylor's getting seven at home. And all this comes down to is I think Iowa State's offense is wildly is is, is just not good. Um, they don't have an identity. They Brees Hall is not what he was last year, kind of like what we saw at Shuba Hubbard two years ago. Um, and Brock Purdy just doesn't do it for me. It's him and Jane Daniels and DTR kind of does it for me now too, but like I used to be him and like, you can kind of see the talent, but when you go up against a good defense or just a good defensive scheme, which I think Baylor has, I think they're going to be, they're going to really struggle to uh, move the ball efficiently. And unless they get a good, a big, big play here and there, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that, which, you can say whatever you want about Dave Dave Veranda as a head coach. I think he was a fantastic defensive uh, coordinator, and he, that he has um, he had a there's it's like a great structured defense. And when you put that up against a struggling offense, I think that Baylor's going to be very very alive to win this game. Now Baylor hasn't played anyone yet, and they've played a bunch of crappers, and but. Whether you want to buy into this or not, I think it's given their quarterback, uh, Bohan is his last name, forget his first name. As I think there's chances giving him a like a lot of confidence, giving the offense a lot of confidence. He's rated like really highly on PFF. I mean, take that with a grain of salt. He hasn't played any competent te- defenses, so it could just be him beating up on lesser competition. And this, I would say, he has got a really good defense. So I do lean uh, Baylor uh, with a seven. I think that. And I, I call a small chance. I think that if they step out there and just stomp on Iowa State, I think that Oklahoma should be a little worried, because if Baylor's able to score and their defense holds up, I think they could pose a significant threat to Oklahoma, because I think it would truly legitimize um, them as a team. And I think that what we saw the past few weeks um, would kind of just w- would reflect a lot more positively on Baylor as a team um, more so than how bad their opponents were, which this could be this, regardless of like, kind of like looking at how um, the team is viewed. I think last year left a bad taste in everyone's mouth about Dave Veranda and Baylor, but I mean, your first year with the program and you've got the COVID thing and it, that's pr- that's a tough way to start. And so if he is right in the ship, it's a good program. So that one I will be very, very interested in. Um, I actually don't think I would play the seven. I think I would just bet um money line, which I might do that very, very small, just to uh have something rolling while I watch the game. And um, all right. All right. Um my top five plays. All right, let's get to it. Once again, I I will add that James is going to um I'll be them out. And like, if you're come here from Reddit, you probably saw some of his handicaps on there. All right. My number one play of the week is Kentucky minus five. Um, so part of this, and I'm going to talk about this. It's a little bit of a trend, a um, little anecdotal, but I think it matters. I do think it still matters. Um, so when you play elite physical teams, And there's like three or four of them. So like your Clemson's, your Bama's, your uh, Oregon with Mario Cristobal as uh, a name. Um, And I think Georgia too, this year, just because they're so elite and it's constant pressure and you're just, it's just a constant like battering ram of pain essentially in college football terms. Um, So the week after you're, you're nicked up, you're bruised, you're hurting, and then you still have to play again the next Saturday. So it's just kind of like a thing. I, I so I, I'm looking to fade South Carolina. I'm looking to fade Georgia tech. I'm looking to fade Tulsa. I, like same thing with uh, Ohio state. Um, and I, I mean, I'm even looking to fade Florida. And so I, I'm, and this, uh, little teaser, I tweeted something now about a stupid bet. It's a Tennessee money line eight to one. Um, I will get to that a little bit later, though. So Kentucky minus five; they have all the tools to put up a bunch of explosive plays. The defense is good, and Mark these Mark Stoops has something in his contract where he needs to win seven games, and if he wins seven games, he gets an extra year added to his contract, or some kind of bonus or something. And this, so these games matter to him, and you because because these are his gimme games. He needs to be able to beat up on a team like South Carolina. And so I think we get a Kentucky win. And I think we get it with margin South Carolina's defensive line is talented and very good, but Kentucky's offensive line is among the best in the country. Um, they they have a great running game. I, I, this is the first year I will ever, I will ever say this might be the only year, only year I ever say it, but I think I have more good things to say about the Kentucky offense. than I do the Kentucky defense, which it's, it's a very, very solid Kentucky defense. I think in years past they have a little more talent and a couple more NFL draft prospects. But it's this Kentucky offense is very fun. They're chucking it downfield. It's there's so much confidence in it. And uh, which at this point in the season, when you're playing uh, a team you can easily beat up on, I give me Kentucky uh, underneath a touchdown, underneath six all day long. So Kentucky minus five. All right, my second favorite play. I was just talking about it. Georgia Tech just got beat up a little bit by Clemson. Plus, there I mean, you've got like all this stuff with the delay and everything about that. So give me uh, North Carolina, um, minus 12 and a half. And I'm going to look at, and I will be betting the first half uh, too. Along the lines of what I said, I just think we're going to get a points explosion. um, And we're going to get more and more points from North Carolina as the year goes on. I think what we saw at Virginia Tech was, I think they bottomed out really early in the year. And Josh Downs and Sam Howell, they're already working up a fantastic chemistry together. And Sam Howell, as I would argue, is the best deep thrower in all of college football. And when you can put up points that quick, that fast, I think that um, covering these large spreads, even on the road, is going to be really easy. This is so chalky, and it's so, like, I, I, I will take all the flack for it being, like, the most, oh, this is such an obvious bet, but... I just think there's a lot of value here under two touchdowns. I could see I see them doing it pretty easily. That's also a big time uh sell high on Georgia Tech who just had probably their best performance all year and they didn't even win. So give me uh give me North Carolina minus 12 and a half. Another uh, sell high. This is my third favorite play of the week. Um and this time I'm selling high on Michigan State which I guess I probably shouldn't say I'm selling high if I mean I didn't bet on them in the first place. <laughs> But um, Nebraska, um, I I was very impressed last week, and regardless of how they lost, but um, I think five points is too much. Regardless, and I know they're they're on the road here. Um, excuse, oh yeah, yeah, they're on the road. They're on the road. Um, and as much as I hate to say it, uh, Adrian Martinez has uh, proven me wrong a little bit. I I still kind of think he sucks. I won't lie about that. But um, he uh, it's he's has a very high um, kind of like explosive play rate to where I in which when your offense is struggling, he kind of like goes in into hero mode and he picks up that third and 17 with his legs, you know, he finds the receiver uh, in a tight window 30 yards downfield. you know, you know, he might only, do, like he'll do that like four or five times a game. And while you might get some, a couple like incredibly disastrous plays or like a couple really bad throws, I think that those explosive plays um, kind of limit the damage of what, um, you know, his mistakes uh, present um, with Michigan state. I think that it's very clear that they rely on Kenneth Walker to just break a shitload of tackles and run to the end zone. Um, I think that Nebraska is a little bit better tackling team than that. And they're a little more, um, uh, as weird as it is to say, uh, we've come a long way from week zero, but it seems like they're just like a little bit better coached. And um, so uh, I don't think we'll see as many defensive mistakes as we may have early on in the season. And uh, on top of that, I am still just not buying in at all into the, uh, Mich- into the Michigan State passing game, unless the ball is going through Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Walker. I don't see them running the ball very well, or excuse me, moving the ball very well. So give me uh, five points with Nebraska here. I, th- I think that, uh, and uh, I, I also think they're alive to win. Uh, even on the road, my fourth favorite play. We're taking it over to Friday night and Liber- we've got Liberty lane six. Um, this is a bet on Malik Wills. And what I think is, just an elite head coach. And I mean, I'm probably being a little generous with the lead, but I I really do like uh, Hugh Freeze as a coach. I think there's a massive coaching edge between, um, I think there's a massive coaching edge between um, him and Dino Babers. And I think that Liberty is just going to be able to move the ball. The defense is always good. It's so, so uh, it's like they every year since Hugh Freeze has been there, they are always at or near the top in um, miss tackle rate, which just means that they don't miss a lot of tackles. And um, for it, Syracuse offense is not very good. And I think and Malik Willis is truly one of the most electrifying players in football. He does he does it all. Whether it's with his legs, he, whether he's throwing a sixty yard pass down the field. I said earlier that Sam Howell is the best deep, uh, deep ball thrower in uh, the country. Malik Wills would give him a run for his money. There's a reason why he's being talked up as a potential number one overall pick. Um, I think that Liberty is able to pretty, uh, pretty easily uh, grab the win here, and because and they did play last year and they absolutely annihilate Syracuse, albeit that was at home and not they're not laying six on the road um, at night, which the Carrier Dome's potentially a tough place to play. Which I will I will give a Syracuse a very ever so slight bump in home field advantage. Now, whether we've got Syracuse students wanting to go to a football game on their Friday night, that is a whole other uh, whole other topic of discussion. But um, finally, uh, final play, I hinted at this earlier, and we are taking 20 points with Tennessee, a team I hate. And I, I will admit, you know, I mean, if you've listened long enough, you know I'm a sucker for all this, all this idiocy. So I I've I have to play the plus 800 on the money line. Um, it's I mean it's it's just something I have to do. And because I think it's I would just feel so bad if by some miracle that Tennessee did win this game, I would I would be the biggest idiot of, of all time. So and I you know I just got to keep the money where my mouth is. Um so Florida dominated last week and I th- I think to most everyone's eyes, it was pretty clear. Um, Now, of course, they lost the game, Um, but like what they were, they gashed Alabama on the ground. And I mean, it was they're picking up chunk yards whenever they wanted in the second half It was clear. Dan Mullen. um, It was a, of course, I mean, you're playing Alabama. Of course, it's a big game for you, but his game plan worked incredibly. And, um, but it just, I'm going to add, I'm going to echo the same thing I've been saying this week when you play an elite talented or an elite team with five stars all over the field, it, it just, it wears you down. And I think that there's enough, there's certainly enough talent on the Tennessee uh, defense. I don't think they're um, as bad as, or they're not, I mean, they're much better than uh, I'm giving them credit for. And uh, the D line is really good. They, absolutely dominant they are are dominant in line yards they um limit rush explosiveness and they limit rush success rate so if this falls on emory jones passing the ball sign me up and i like like that was by far the most disappointing part of the game last week i mean he was able to hit open receivers because alabama kind of went into a soft zone and um ultimately that gave him a Kept him in the game, which I was stoked about, and it hit the over and James' team total over, which that was a very good game for the sharp side, I will add. But um, I like, like, and I I do I see a lot of people um saying that uh, they're betting the over this week, which I I can see it. The Tennessee's offense uh, runs so many plays. Josh, Josh Heupel is moving that thing at light uh, lightning speed, but I would kind of lean towards the under i think florida florida's defense impressed me in the second half and on on top of that um i still don't have a whole lot of confidence in how efficient the tennessee offense is now if tennessee is scoring early that could be big trouble for florida and i think they're very live in this game um but i also kind of lean towards the under because i don't know if florida's going to be able to move the ball as well as well as they did last week now what you need to what tennessee needs to avoid is the stupid mistakes that often come with well, first of all, Tennessee football, but second of all, uh, Josh Heupel coach teams. They're always near at the top in, you a, in a, um, know, like most flags or most uh, penalties. And, like, that, it, it, that is brutal to a team, especially a team of which I hope they're competitive this week because I've bet on them. But if they're trying to, like, close out a game, I like, and you just keep shooting yourself in the foot, it's not going to – um. it's just, like, the worst thing for momentum you could possibly do. Um, I believe Hendon Hooker will be starting this week, which I don't, I, I've talked about Joe Milton on this podcast before. And while he's so exciting to watch just because like he launches the ball a mile and he's really fast. I think Hedon Hooker is a better quarterback. And I think he kind of showed it once Milton left the game, um, which I was when I, cause I had that big bet on pit and, um, I was a little nervous. I like Hooker came in and. I, I in, my, in the back of my mind, I'm kind of like, uh, that's not what I wanted when I bet on Pitt this game. And so uh, having depth at quarterback is obviously huge. And Tennessee, I feel like has three or four of them that have playing experience already. Um, and Hendon Hooker does move the needle for me. I thought he was always really good at Virginia Tech. And if, he, if all things, like, at least he's a good runner of the football, which, like, at the bare minimum, at the college level, you can be horrible passing the ball, but you're going to be able to pick up a couple plays here and there. If you uh, are an elite runner, which he is so Tennessee plus 20. um, And sadly I did bet plus 800, which I'm burning money, but it's my money to burn anyways. So who cares? Um, Now, finally um, I, this actually went a lot longer than I, I thought and hoped, but Hey, maybe you got something good out of it. A couple more bets that I like, which hopefully James likes too. um, Miami, Ohio, Army over 48, something I bet SMU plus 10. So, of course, I bet them to win, too. Um, Maryland, Kent State over 69. It's an insanely high total, but I love both offenses. Kent State's defense isn't very good. Um, and then, of course, around Robin for all the people out there. I have way too many three-to-one or higher dogs and then Nebraska, but um, – got smu there's really not there's not a whole lot of like short short lines this week which is kind of interesting um smu plus uh 305 nebraska plus 170 western kentucky plus 305 kent state plus 450 and utah state plus 305 round robin it money line parlay parlay it if you want to be a millionaire and um with that being said Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and follow hit that follow button on Spotify if you're listening there. Uh, but go review on Apple Podcasts. Um, I'm going to try. Now, I always have I always say things like this, and whether I do it or not is a whole completely other story. But um, if I am available Sunday night, I'm going to attempt to try um some sort of like live periscope or youtube youtube live um kind of like looking at opening lines and seeing um kind of like seeing it'll, it'll be quick it'll be like 10 15 minutes and just kind of seeing like what i think is bettable and what i don't um so um that being said of course um follow us on twitter at the sharp Side pod just just as a reminder and guys I will get James' picks to you because I believe he's taking the lead on me in our little contest. But um, big weekend for college football. I'm very excited. Whenever there's a bunch of bunny log line dogs, I bet it's always got me super fired up. So thank you for thank you all for listening and let's go win some money this weekend. Thank you very much.